Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. conversations that started last week that we call relationship status. We are looking at no matter what your relationship status is, how to make sure that we are walking through that season of life, following the instructions that the scriptures give us. How many married folks I got in here? Wave at me, wave at me, wave at me, married folks. Yes, yes. All right. Now, how about how about like the seriously dating committed couples? Raise, wave at me. That's awkward. The person next to them didn't raise their hand. That's super awkward. I don't think they're coming back next week, babe. That is so embarrassing. So embarrassing. How about singles? 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 Where you at? Wave it high. Come on, wave it high. Look around. That might be the one. That might be the one. Look around. Don't miss it. But we're talking about all the statuses this month. And I kind of set y'all up last week on accident. Because I taught on how to, no matter what your relationship status is, to put Christ at the center of it. And it's an accidental setup because the devil hates Christ-centered relationships. I mean, he hates that thing. And because he hates it, you need more instruction. You need more help, more guidance, and more wisdom on the matter, which brings us to our topic on today. Could you do me a favor and join me in the book of Ephesians? The book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, starting at verse 11. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Starting at verse 11, I'll be reading from the NLT, and it reads, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. He has more than one strategy. That's why the Apostle Paul said it will help you against all of his strategies which also implies that there's not a strategy that the devil can come up with that the armor of God cannot defend you against if you're wearing it. Verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. No, we're not. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece. Listen, you can't just put on a couple of pieces. The scripture tells us to put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy. So if you don't have on all the armor, you will not 
be able to resist the enemy. But if you do have on all, say all, every piece of armor, you will be able to stand against the evil one. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Verse 14, stand your ground, put it on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Today, I'll be talking from the topic, say yes to the dress. Say yes to the dress. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you and that you hear us and that you speak back to us and that you help us on this journey that we're on. Speak directly to our hearts today so that we may become more like you and less like ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Say yes to the dress. So I lost the fight. I was in a lot of fights as a young man. I feel your judgment immediately. That's why I hesitated telling this story. Won a lot of fights, but I lost one. I lost one fight my whole life. And it's weird that I remember the details of the fight I lost and not too much about all the fights I won. But here's the thing. I was a sophomore in high school. We had just played a football game, and we lost. We should not have lost. It was a very frustrating loss. And then, because it was an away game, we had to sit there in the stands and stew over this loss because the varsity team had to play now. And so we're sitting there, and there's a lot of commentary about what went wrong and what went right during the game. One of my teammates tried to play me, tried to point to a certain play that I did not execute the best. Tried to make it seem like that was the reason that we lost the So I turned it back on him. I said, oh, yeah? Well, what about that play that you blew? And then he said something slick. And then I said something slick. And then he was like, we can handle this right now. And I was like, we absolutely can. That was a little bit crazy. So we stood up and we're about to go at it. But then some teammates grabbed him. Some teammates grabbed me. And then we sat down. And then one of my teammates was like, man, he was just playing. You know, he'd be having jokes. I said, well, ain't nothing funny. We just lost. And so I thought the situation was over reason I lost the fight is because I didn't see the fight coming. Look up on me. Varsity game ends. Now it's time to finally go home. So we're all gathered up our stuff, heading to the bus. Both my hands are full with equipment. 
Then I get a tap on the shoulder. And then I turn around. Blue! Right in my eye. I swole up. I can't see. How am I going to fight back if I can't see? And so some teammates grab him. And some teammates grab him. I'm like, where was y'all at when he was swinging? I lost that fight. Nothing I could do. Because I didn't see the fight coming. I didn't know there was a battle on the way. And because I wasn't prepared for a battle, because I didn't know that the battle was happening, I paid the price. I took the loss. You need to know that your enemy prowls around like a lion trying to figure out who he can devour, who he can plan a sneak attack on, trying to figure out who's not prepared for battle. That's why we have to, no matter if we're single, no matter if we're dating, no matter if we're married, say yes to the dress. The dress, the armor of God. It is imperative that we are battle ready because no matter what your relationship status is, my friends, you are in a battle. You have an enemy who hates you. He does not dislike you. So y'all play, y'all play patty cake with the devil because you think he just dis, he hates you. He wants you in hell for eternity. That's just the fact. So stop playing with the devil and start preparing for battle. No matter where you're at in your journey, your enemy is unchanged. No matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, your enemy is unchanged. No matter how many scriptures you have memorized, your enemy is unchanged. He still hates you. He's still prowling around like a lion. He still wants you to die. It's just the facts. This doesn't feel like a relationship message, I know. But you need to know that he hates your singleness if it's Christ-centered. He hates your dating season if you keep it Christ-centered. He hates your marriage if you have Jesus at the center of your marriage. Therefore, you need to say yes to the dress at all times prepared for the fight because the fight is coming to you whether you are prepared or not. So I'm just going to share three quick points with us today to help us to say yes to the dress, to help us to be prepared for a battle. And I just want to warn you up front, nothing I'm going to say sounds like what they say on social media. 
you know, all those relationship gurus you listen to that are on their way to hell. We believe anybody with a good mic and a nice video camera on social media. We think they must have authority because they have a good, clear camera. We think because they have a podcast, they must be somebody. These podcasts are setting y'all up. Now, I'm a podcaster. been one for 10 years. Let me tell you something. Everybody don't need a podcast. And you don't need to be listening to everybody. You need to be listening to the word of God, believer. Because when we submit our lives to him, like we just sang about, y'all was lifting your hands, crying, snotting. So when we do submit our lives to him, we submit ourselves to his standard. And his standard is for our good. We have to get reacquainted with the fact that he loves us. Not mad at us. He does not hate us. And his standard is for our benefit. Even though it's uncomfortable and even though it's countercultural. Jesus has always been countercultural. And he will always push us to be counter-cultural as well. Just three quick points to share with you. Point number one is to be solidified in your singleness. You got to be solid with you before you are prepared to enter into a relationship with someone else. So you have to be solidified in your singleness knowing who you are in Christ. If you don't have your identity together, you are not in the position to do life with someone else. And if you don't know what the Lord has spoken about you, you will subscribe to the wrong definitions about yourself. Because pain requires an antidote. Anytime we're broken, our hearts have been shattered, we've been let down, others have walked away from us, it makes us susceptible to an antidote for the pain if we don't know who we are in Christ. And so it's important that you are solidified in your identity while you are walking through the single season, which brings us to our first piece of armor, the belt of truth. You need the belt of truth to help you become solidified in your singleness. What is the truth? The word of God is the truth. If you haven't gone through those pages to find out the truth about you, when someone else gives you a lie wrapped in a bow, you're going to think that that's true. You're going to start to identify on external things. Your education. Your vocation. And you start to think that 
That is where your identity card comes from. I'm an educated woman. I'm an educated man. I'm a manager. I just got promoted. I make six figures. I got my own car. I got my own crib. I got my own stuff. Start to wear that as your identity. I don't need, because I got. Wrong move. Even though culturally, that's what we push. You got to be a boss. Not a servant, like the Bible says. Where are you getting your identity, single man? Where are you getting your identity, single woman? They've told you that the more women you're with, the more of a man you are. When the Bible tells us that we're supposed to leave our mother and father and cling one wife. Who's identifying you? Who are you believing? And if you don't know the word, if you don't know the belt of truth, you'll fall for any lie that the culture offers you. Because they make it look so good. Let me be more specific. The devil makes it look so good. And it's coming from so many different directions that if they're saying it, and they're saying it, and they're saying it, it must be true. But it's a lie. Because you have not taken the time to find the truth. The belt of truth. If you just think about for a second, let's, let, let's come to the natural realm. During the time that the Apostle Paul was writing this, the way that actual Roman soldiers dressed went into, factored into his description because a Roman soldier's belt kept all the other pieces in place. All the other pieces of the armor were in their proper position only because the belt secured them. That's how powerful truth is. Whether that's truth in our communication to others, truth in our communication to ourselves, and the truth of the word of God. If you don't take the time to find out the truth, if you don't take the time to let the truth change you, if you don't, let, if you don't take the time to let the truth that changed you change the way that you talk, change the way that you think, and change the way that you act, you're not ready. You have more work to do. You're not properly dressed for battle. You have to let your heart rest and this truth, you are already complete in Christ. You don't need him to complete you. You don't need her to fulfill you. Until you become fully convinced 
that everything you need, you can find in him, you are not properly dressed for battle. John 1 and 12 says it like this, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, the right. Meaning it's a privilege. Meaning it's a gift to be a son of God. It's a gift to be a daughter of the most high God, but we don't value it like the gift it is. Because if we did, we wouldn't accept anything in our lives. We wouldn't accept anyone in our lives. Because we would have a very high value of ourselves, not based in pride, but based on the truth of God's word. Because he accepted me fully. I fully accept myself because of his presence. Not because I'm dope. Not because I'm special. Not because I'm gifted. I'm complete because he's present in my life and that's all I need. It's a gift to be a child of God. It's a gift to be a child of God. But after you put the belt of truth on, the next piece of armor that's required is the breastplate of righteousness. NLT says the body armor of God. I actually have worn something just like that when, it, when I was in Iraq during Operation Iraqi Freedom. And can I tell you something? It was uncomfortable. In the front, there's a 20-pound plate, Kevlar. On the back, there's another 20-pound plate of Kevlar. And it was 116 degrees outside. And that's just that one piece. Now I got this extra weight. I'm walking in these combat boots. They kind of look like this, actually. Walking through 116 degree weather, I was hot and uncomfortable. But I put that boy on every day. You know why? Because I knew it would save my life if I came under attack. Does it matter how uncomfortable? Does it matter how hot the temperature was? It was easy for me to make myself uncomfortable. It was easy for me to take myself out of my comfort zone with the knowledge that this is life-saving. And the devil has been on a campaign to make you think that righteousness is synonymous with religiousness. They try to tell you it don't take all that. They try to modernize the gospel, make it fit your comfort zone. Except that God doesn't operate in comfort zones. He took this nothingness that was comfortable and he created the universe from nothing. He made everything uncomfortable for his creation. 
for his ultimate purpose. That ground, that dirt, it was sitting there, comfortable, and he reached in it and made man. He made that dirt uncomfortable because he had a bigger agenda in mind. Can you imagine building a boat for 100 plus years and it had never rained in the history of the world before? I mean jokes on top of jokes. I mean ridicule on top of ridicule. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the mental fortitude that Noah needed to have in that day? He told Noah to build something like a church with multiple races in it. While people ridiculed him, while people questioned his motives, while people wondered about his sanity, build something that ain't never been built before for a situation that has never occurred before and do it for decade after decade after decade after decade. Uncomfortable. But when you locked in with the Lord, you don't mind being uncomfortable because you know that's where he does his best work. <laughs> if you are chasing comfort, you are in the wrong place. Jesus doesn't do comfort zones. He told Peter and them, I know you're the heir to that fishing business, but I need you to come follow me. And then that same Peter, he said, the enemy has decided to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith remains strong because he knew how uncomfortable Peter's life was about to be post-crucifixion. Because Jesus doesn't do comfort zones. So if you're going to be comfortable in your singleness, just want to do what I want to do. Whatever feels good, feels right. The energy and the vibes. But the breastplate of righteousness means that you're pursuing holiness in your singleness. This ain't the time to just do what you want to do. Man, because once I get locked down, you know. Oh, you locked down now. You belong to Jesus. You ain't got no boo, no bae. But you got a savior. Where's your fidelity to him? While you out there doing your thing thing. Do you have the mind of Christ at all inside of those decisions that you're making? Because if you don't, if you don't have that breastplate which protects, protects your heart. All of you who are trying to recover from those broken hearts of yours and seeking solutions in the wrong place. If you put on the breastplate of righteousness, your heart will be protected. 
question is, do you, do you believe it when he says that that body armor, God's righteousness, is there to protect you? The standard of God is not here to hurt you. It's here to help you. Did you know that we have a small group geared toward, I don't want to say the wrong name, because I have a politically incorrect name that I gave it. Courting God's way is the proper name. Courting God's way. And who can come? Single people? Dating people? What about shacking people? What'd you say? No. Oh, engage. So, okay. Seriously dating. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, I'm sorry, I, that was a chocolate word. So, I come from chocolate church. And so, in the chocolate church, the word shacking definition is two people that are not married that live together. Okay, So, we got a group for everybody to come to get the standard of God's word over their dating season. And it's open right now. So single people can go sign up, seriously dating people, engaged people, and shacking people can go and sign up. Right. So we got resources to help you in this season. And you're welcome. Like, seriously, there's no condemnation. I make jokes, but there's no condemnation, but there is a standard. I love you the same. I don't care what your status is. I don't care what your relationship status is. I ain't never going to stop loving you. Neither is God, but he has a standard. And as a church, we want you to know the standard. We want you to live by the standard because we love you. Most importantly, because he loves you. His standard is not here to hurt you. His standard is only here so that you can be the full version of who he created you to be. That's it, and that's all. We love everybody. But God would hold me accountable if I don't tell you the standard. You're not going to be standing there with me if I try to make it comfortable for you. He called me to this position because he has a standard that I must tell you about or risk my own position in his kingdom. Brings me to my next point. Honor God with your body and your choices. You can't do what you want to do. You were bought with a price. His blood on Calvary purchased your salvation because you are not in position to purchase it for yourself. And although salvation is free, walking with him will cost you everything. Any form of sex outside of marriage is sin. I don't have a problem with anybody walking out. That's cool. Still going to tell you the truth. Not because I hate you. Only because I love you. If you walk out of here Sunday after Sunday not hearing the truth, woe to me. 
You don't get to do what you want to do with who you want to do it with because you're not sovereign. God is. He's not trying to hurt you. He created sin. It was his idea. But his idea comes with a standard. Why would his idea come with a standard? Because since he created it, he knows how to best use it. You don't want to hear that. You would rather hear me say something more comfortable to you. Well, the Bible doesn't actually explicitly say. That's you compromising. That's you trying to find a loophole. So what's in your heart that you're in such a hot pursuit of a biblical loophole to fulfill your flesh? What's going on inside of you that puts you in that heart position? I think you're lacking some armor. And I think you're not prepared because you don't realize how vital this fight is. He's not coming to hurt you. He's not coming to make you uncomfortable. The devil is coming to kill you. You have no reason to fear because God is stronger. But he's also giving you the tools for your battle. And if you decide I'm not putting on every piece of the armor, then you have to live with the consequences. When I was in Iraq, see, we were there during the first wave of Operation Iraqi Freedom. So we didn't know the totality and the weight of the battle that we were stepping into. So I told you that that body armor had a 20-pound plate on the front and a 20-pound plate on the back. But what it didn't have was any protection on the side. And so we lost some people, not because they were hit here, not because they were hit in the back, but there was a gap in their armor right here. Some of y'all got on a few pieces of armor. But there's a gap in that armor. And you're not as prepared as you think you are. Because he's going to find the gap. That's where he's going to aim at you. He's going to find the crack, and that's where he's going to try to slide in on you. Because the Bible, the biblical standard says, you got to put on every piece. You can't just have on the belt and no breastplate. You can't just have the breastplate and no belt. All of it, it matters, man. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's dwelling there. So you can't give it to somebody who's not your spouse with the Holy Spirit sitting right there. Because he's not cool with that. You can't let your eyes rest on just anybody. Because Jesus himself said, you say. You say. That adultery is against the law. But I say, any man that looks upon a woman with lustful thoughts has already committed adultery. So when Jesus showed up, he said, I ain't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill you. 
fulfill it. What you got to understand is that when Jesus showed up, the standard was raised. He raised the standard. And I'm sorry that it's making y'all so quiet and uncomfortable. Let me share in his raised standard with you. I should have warned y'all. I should have told y'all I love y'all up front because y'all don't believe me now. Point number two, be discerning when dating. Can't just link up with anybody. Why would you want to? This is your destiny on the line. You got to have some discernment about who you linking up with and where y'all are going. Can't just anybody be walking next to you as you walking out your purpose. They say the first most important decision you ever make is the God you serve. Second most important decision is who you do life with. It can't just be anybody. You got to have some discernment. And part of that is having on the shoes of peace. Because you have to seek partners who already have peace with Christ. You're not Captain Save'em. I got I to gotta explain these references. I'm sorry. And I don't know how to explain it in the church. There was a song a long time ago, Captain Save Them. You're not that. That's the best I can do, guys. I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. You're not in charge of saving them. You don't possess that ability. The word of God says, some plant, some water, but God gets the increase. So God doesn't want you hooking up with somebody that you got a pastor. God doesn't want you trying to do life with somebody that you have to convert or better yet, convince to surrender to the most high God. Let them go do that on their own. Text them a Bible verse here and there. But you ain't got time to be nobody's personal prophet. You have a purpose to fulfill. And while you're walking, they need to be able to walk right along with you. You don't need to be walking with nobody who's not at peace. Guys, this is, this is the bare minimum standard. That you date somebody who loves Jesus. I don't think it's that deep. Y'all got to figure out holidays. Now nah, you got you to do a whole three-point sermon on why you tithing. 
Why are you giving all that money to that church? Well, let me, let me pastor you real quick. Why would you waste your energy that way? Because you're not complete in Christ. And so, therefore, you will settle for whatever scraps you can scrape together. Ephesians 6 and 15 says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. We want partners who help us become more ready. We want partners who help us come closer to him. We are not looking for drug boyfriends and drug girlfriends that we have to drag into the house of the Lord. What a waste of energy. Don't be unequally yoked in important matters. What's more important than who you're going to do life with? Why would you link up with somebody who's pulling in a different direction than you? What a waste of energy. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How, 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 how can righteousness? I mean, Paul is dumbfounded and befuddled. How? How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? He basically saying, where did he do that at? How can two people walking in opposite directions do life together? How can light live with darkness? I didn't call him darkness. I just read the scripture. If the dark shoe fit, In their darkness. How can light coexist with the dark? You're also going to need the shield of faith. You got to learn to believe God's best about yourself while you are dating. Because again, if you move from single season to dating season, you go away from your devotion time. Go away from your prayer time. You forget how to fast. You also forget who you are. Slowly but surely you drift in the wrong direction. Slowly but surely you become misidentified. Slowly you become a stranger to the Lord. You got to remember you are fearfully and wonderfully made. means God took his time with you. God put a lot of thought into you. God is invested in your destiny and your purpose. Psalms 139.14 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Sometimes we need to just reflect like David and say, thank you. Thank you for spending the time that you took to create little old me. He went on to say, your workmanship is marvelous. You can't appreciate you because you don't properly appreciate him. That's why you spend more time in the mirror complaining than appreciating how God made you. 
because you don't realize or you've lost sight of the fact that you are, not was, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. My last point, that's it, because I know y'all are frustrated. Point number three is be mindful in marriage. The number one battleground for marriage is in the mind. Your thoughts, ideas, fantasies that come to corrupt the vow that you made, which is why you have to put on the helmet of salvation. You got to keep eternity in mind. You have to keep your mind on the things above. Because a kingdom mindset, an eternity mindset makes those seemingly large problems that you're facing in your today that much smaller. That much more insignificant when you realize that that person you're with, you're covenant with, you're on a journey together. You're a part of a plan that's way bigger than that argument that you're having. When you realize that God has you in mind, and that's why he puts you together. You know, your Bible says what God has put together, right? Not what dating apps are putting together. I mean, that's fine. God can use dating apps. But what I'm saying is, no matter how you met, it really wasn't you. God put it together. And anything that God does, he's not just thinking about the here and now because he don't have a calendar. So why are you only thinking about the here and now? You don't have the helmet of salvation on. You're lacking a very important piece of armor. When you have the helmet of salvation, you're constantly thinking about the kingdom. You constantly have a heavenly view, not an earthly, worldly view. And so it helps you to become a problem solver. It helps you to resolve conflict when you know, one, that God has you in mind, too, that the enemy's trying to come in and separate you. Do you remember my little story about the little fight I lost? I told you we were teammates. We were on the same team. But the frustrations of losing the battle against our actual opponents caused two teammates to become enemies. So what's really happening in your marriage is that you're losing the actual battle against your actual opponent and it's causing you two teammates to fight each other. But you don't have eternity in mind. You got today in mind. You got what we eating for dinner in mind. On that same vein, do yourself a favor and cherish every moment with your spouse. Cherish it. All seasons. Cherish it. Because we're not in charge of time. And time is moving. You're not going to get today back. And is it really that bad that y'all going to spend the next three days not talking to each other? Three days that you will never 
thee again. Song of Solomon 2 says, my lover said to me, rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. Look, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come. And the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit. The fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, fair one. They wanted to spend time together. Not only that, the other wanted to know that they were appreciated. They weren't perfect. I know your spouse is not perfect, but neither is your spouse's spouse. So since y'all both crazy, let's enjoy today together with both of our craziness. Let's take it to the Lord in prayer that we can be less crazy tomorrow than we were today. Last one and the band is coming. The sword of the spirit. Only one offensive weapon in this whole armor. And it is the sword of the spirit. God's word protects us from harmful lies. When we wield the sword of the spirit, we are on the offensive. Have you ever read that verse where it says that the gates of hell shall not prevail? We often read it like we under attack. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Problem is, I've never seen a gate be a weapon. A gate protects. Not the devil that's on the offensive. It's the church attacking his gates. And when we align with the word of God, the spirit of God, his gates, his kingdom, his powers cannot prevail. Problem is you sit back. Ain't reading your Bible. You just sitting back. Ain't praying a prayer. You're just sitting back. You definitely not fasting. You ate three meals and three snacks today. But the Bible tells us that we have a sword. Swords are meant to attack with. Swords are meant to do harm to the enemy. How, how are you and your spouse on the offensive against the gates of hell? Is that even in your goals? All I hear is the baby. Is that even in your goals? Not let me wait till the devil show up. Let's go on a fast, but we got to go on a fast. No, fast before you get there. That's you on the offensive. 
pray before the problem shows up. That's you on the Lord, cover my wife as she goes. Cover my husband as she goes. Let your spirit guide us. Let your spirit help us. Let your spirit protect us. Offensive. Wielding the sword of the spirit. You're not even praying for your spouse. And if you are, you're saying, Lord, fix them. You're not even covering them. You're not even interceding for them. You ain't said nothing about the devil. You just want God to fix them. As though the enemy isn't involved. That's not going against the gates of hell. That's you misfiring your weapon. Some of y'all must have been arguing on the way to church. Y'all need one say amen up here. All right. All right, man. Let's go. Let's go. Just sit there. This, you, I mean, you might as well just start playing because. <laughs> mighty God. Thank you. Last point. This might be hard depending on where y'all are at. But speak truthfully and gently to your spouse. Fight well. The only way you can do that is if you have a kingdom mindset. only way you can do that is if you have heaven in mind. Because if the, the tenaciousness of this current problem is clouding your ability to see heaven, you might not be dressed well for the battle. You might not have your helmet on. Ephesians 4 and 15 says, we will speak the truth, but we'll speak it in love. I'm not going to call him out his name. I'm not going to compare him to somebody else. I'm telling the truth, but I'm going to do it with love. How can you position yourself to tell the truth in love when you're upset? Just think about all the times that you showed up at the feet of Jesus messed up with your stuff. How did he talk to you? How did he respond to your stuff? The helmet of salvation. How did God respond to you when you came and confessed? Tears in your eyes. Desperation in your voice. Did he yell at you? Did he call you out your name? Did he tell you what you weren't? He spoke the truth to you in love. Same thing he's asking us to do. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. This is his admonishment to us. This is a part of saying yes to the dress. We're making sure that we have on every piece of the armor you should go home today and you should reread these passages of scripture you should make sure that you understand no matter where you're single you're dating or you're married that you are in fact in a battle it's not a question it's not a maybe you are in the fight of your life and if you say yes to the dress you win because he's already given you 
everything you need for the battle that you will face. He's already made you victorious. If you say yes, I'm going to put on that helmet of salvation. Yep. I'm going to put on that breastplate of righteousness. Yes. I'm going to put on the belt of truth. I will absolutely make sure I got my shoes of peace laced up and ready to go. I'm going to make sure I got this sword of the spirit ready to go upside the devil's head every chance I get. Because just like he hates me, Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.